We are Science Fiction Remnant, Season 2, a podcast for sci-fi lovers spanning across books, movies, TV shows, and games. Music provided by the Atlas. This show is a proud member of the Let's Chat Club. Learn more about how we're helping podcasts to build conversation, connection, and community at letschatpodcast.net. Movie. They live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Science Fiction Remnant, Season 2. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you find this episode as exciting to listen to as it was for us to create for you. But before we start this episode, I want to take this opportunity to present to you some podcasts we think you might enjoy. <coughs> hear ye, hear ye, the dishonorable widow Abigail will now speak. Attention all weirdos, losers, rednecks, white trash, aliens, outcasts, outliers, sluts, whores, gangsters, thugs, poors, and anyone else who the world and society don't care about. I have a podcast for you. Come join me at the Manic Pixie Weirdo where we talk about all the different kinds of relationships we have in our lives. From movies to math and suicide hotlines to sex. Join us every Saturday for a new episode featuring yours truly and other smarter folk. We need you and we want you with us. So come join us at the Manic Pixie Weirdo where we accept, respect, and value you. Listen on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh yeah, be kind and stay weird. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. We are Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. good. Join us each week as we dive into the depths of streaming movies for the greater good. You can find us on Twitter at Cheap Seat Cast, Facebook.com slash Cheap Seat Reviews, and our website is CheapSeatReviews.Libsyn.com. All for the greater good. How can this be for the greater good? Shut it! We have come here to chew bubblegum and podcast. And we're all out of bubblegum. Oh, yeah. Well, because chewing noises are terrible on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> At least I hope that was chewing noises. That's just as bad as, as getting away with the air over. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know, it, you know, you got a point there. You know, uh, chewing bubblegum—it's—it's <laughs> it's the podcasting way of you know doing a wet willy on your audience. It makes it makes you cringe. Total <laughs> <laughs> cringe. Oh God. So. Do you guys know what we're talking about today? I'm just, you know, just I'm asking the question. I'm curious to see what you answer. If you understand where we bastardized that quote from, then we can be friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting because that quote, um, it, it's I I seen that quote being one of the most famous, uh, most quotable quotes. But most people that I ask where that what what movie that quote, quote came from. They couldn't answer that question. I wonder. I used to have what was the equivalent of a sound bank. I didn't have the roadcaster thing where you push the buttons, but I had them all on my computer and I would click on them at the right time when I wanted wanted a, a sound bite. And I had that one 
and I had the one from the the, the previous recording we had was um, um, laugh for while you can, the monkey boy, from uh, <laughs> nice from Buckaroo Banzai, and, and I didn't actually know where that one had come from until we we did the the, the, the recording the other night, and I watched it again. I'm going, oh, I was from that movie, but yeah, that I mean that that is the quote from this movie that bubblegum. Yeah, and, and um, you know, now that you mentioned that, it's, it's, I just had to bring it up. We, uh, we all showed up uh, in one of my favorite podcasts. Um, God, I have so many favorites. Um, the Geek Cave podcast to talk about Back of the Bonsai. And um, I had so much fun. <laughs> it was a party. Back of the Bonsai. <laughs> Bonsai is a little tree. There you go, bonsai. Well, is that radio intervention that we just did now? Like, like it says Japan. I don't know where. I don't know where. Did you listen to that or it's just me? I hear it. It says Japan, clearly. Why? Is that a branding? Maybe. We're off to a good start. Yes. You know, what, what is it that we say in every podcast? Rails. We don't need rails. <laughs> we don't need no rails. We're both in the rail, train in the water. We go wherever the hell we want. So you guys, um, just make sure you catch us up on that podcast uh, when it comes out. Um, is Geek Cave Podcast. And the, the podcast episode is called You Want Me to Watch What? Uh, and we were happy that they invited us to come over. So it was, it was a lot of fun. So but this movie is They Live from 1988, just so you know. <laughs> I mean, it's not written on the head of the, for the title of the, the podcast or anything. Yeah, it, it's, it's also what? not listed on the, on the video uh, yeah. lower third. You know, we, I didn't write it there, so... <laughs> Well, some people might, you know, be driving and they can't look at anything else. So yeah, you're right. It just came on. Hey, we have, we might have blind sci-fi lovers. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, you are you're definitely true. Um, but well, so Ray is doing that, annoying the little scripted boys in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Intermission, fade out. So, <laughs> before we start, because we have no rails, um. Let's get started. Define science fiction remnant. And you know the drill for this section. We ask you if you know a sci-fi fan. They have not heard our show. Um, how would you describe us to them? Um, and in this section, we usually take the opportunity to give you shout-outs. So there are two ways now that you can do this in this show. You can tweet at us at Sci-Fi Remnant on Twitter and give us your description. Make sure you use the hashtag, this is sci-fi. And you could be on next episode, so this uh, podcast. Also, we have the Science Fiction Remnant hotline. And you can call one 305 5636334 and give us a voicemail and we will play it on future episodes. So um if you want a shout out, you have one way to get it aside from 
you know, engaging on our conversations. So let's move on to um, the next segment. We are Science Fiction Remnant. This is the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. We are the Caribbean Science Fiction Network. We are Monorats. We are One Accord Level 2 Podcast. This is Jesse from Sudden But Inevitable and Open Pike Night. This is Sci-Fi. And on this section, uh, if you know the drill, you hear our podcast, you know that this is our attempt to get to gather every sci-fi fan together. Um, this is something that I can only dream of at the beginning. It was so hard for me to um, get in a conversation with every, you know, with, with most sci-fi creators. And the issue was, like, for example, I might want to talk about, for some reason, about Battlestar Galactica. But I only have... Uh, you know, access to maybe the Star Trek group or maybe the Star Wars group. Um, and you know what they're all going to talk about. So I felt myself limiting to, you know, the type of conversations they wanted to have, especially since I love all kinds of sci-fi. Um, Ray, did, when you, did you have this issue that, that I had before where you wanted to talk about a certain IP and you had to go to a specific, I call it bubble, to talk about that IP. Oh yeah, it, 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 the, the the silos um, up until quite recently were, were very distinct, and there'd be a lot of gatekeepers that would get upset if you talked about anything else in their silo. Um, so, I guess it's just the context that built up over time. Where this is a Star Trek group, you don't talk about any other sci-fi, and mm -hmm. and that would be you know, a bit disappointing because conversations about sci-fi don't stay in the bubble. They, they move around. You, you, you're comparing and contrasting other IPs and you're talking about um, uh, comparisons and things that link IPs together. And I've got one for this movie, so um, keep, keep an ear out for that. But, um, you know, you want to compare and contrast and stuff and there'd be the gatekeepers to say, oh, no, 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 you can't talk about um, that sci-fi because this is a Star Trek group and, and you know even to the point of you can't talk about um, the Kelvin timeline because this is the the classic timeline group uh, for, for Star Trek and it's just like but why? So it was just real science. <laughs> so you just you just want to talk you, you don't want to be limited and and the the this is sci-fi hashtag is an overarching bubble which you know you can talk about whatever you like and and once that context is set then you've got the options to um you know really you know go off the rails like we do every single episode and uh, talk about whatever the hell, hell you want without those gatekeepers you know pushing the old context on you of, of whatever silo that they happen to be stuck in. So I think it's really quite useful to have that, that freedom with uh, the overarching hashtag. Yeah. I, I, I really find that um, really, really awesome, uh, at least to me. And that's what I was wondering, if, you know, asking you guys, if you have the same experience as I do, because that was one of my hardest things is the fact that um, I, I like, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. Um, I like a lot of sci-fi, right? 
And I want to talk about sci-fi. And I was never able to. Maybe I want to bring this to a bigger panel. Maybe I have an opinion about a particular IP, and I want to get the opinion for another person's, you know, another IP's fans on the topic from this particular IP. So the this is sci-fi hashtag. It's amazing for that because you know you can just go to town and one of the cool things that i found and i talk about this almost every episode right where um and i don't get tired of talking about it because i think it's amazing is the fact that we are all in discovery mode right you 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 go and watch a show you finish the show and you have that emptiness in your heart it's like okay Ah, this is either that show is maybe you're waiting for a season two or maybe, you know, this is a show, an older show. You finish it all up and you know, there's not going to be any more of that show. And um, one of the coolest thing is that you talk about in this hashtag and and you have maybe you come up with another person from another IP that says, oh, you like this show. Why don't you try this one? And you go give it a try. You're like, oh, my God, you discover a new favorite. And now you have, you know, another favorite that you can enjoy when it comes to sci-fi. Um, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I, I hear that most of the time uh, nowadays where how someone has discovered something uh, because of the hashtag. Yeah. I think, I think that yeah. it's a great way to unite a lot of people on the same interest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, multiple times that's happened to me where, where I've seen something mentioned that, you know, like, I think you were actually posting under the SFR uh, account about 10 amazing uh, sci-fi shows on one of the streaming services that you've probably never heard of. And, you know, it's, it's just stuff like that, finding out about new things. And it's great that the hashtag can, you know, allow people to get out of their silo and and have a look at the wider range of sci-fi and find something new and interesting. Yeah, I mean there's uh there was one post uh, you know that, that, that I think it was that, that one uh, 21 movies that we we're talking about. Um I invited other creators to post if they actually have an episode on any of those movies and I posted all of mine in there. So one of the cool things is that yeah, I can listen to multiple podcasts on the same topic and get different um, perspectives. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's really cool because, you know, you, you watch something and you get excited about it. And even if you can't find somebody at the time to talk about it, you can listen to these podcasts from a wide variety of podcast teams talking about the movie you've just watched and, and get all their sort of, perspectives and uh, and specific interests and likes and dislikes and you can compare it to your own so it's almost like having a conversation with them about it yeah 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 i i have to mention some uh, another thing too that happened this week um i don't know if you guys are familiar um steve horizon brave um the twitter handle is my ghost world um, he posted, uh, or actually he retweeted with a comment on my normal, um, Friday, uh, post, uh, I usually post on Fridays 
And if you guys don't know, um, if you interact with the show and I interact back with you, I have a system called chirpty.com uh, where on Fridays I usually go in there and see who I had the most interaction with. Um, so this is basically all, I like to say, based on engagement. And this is what those circles you see where you have the first, second, and third circle, and I actually list all the accounts they have actually list uh, posted. It's kind of my attempt to join within the This Is Sci-Fi hashtag all sci-fi lovers. So I basically ask if, you know, we can follow each other only because that way we can grow that community, the sci-fi community. So yeah. what I'm saying this is... Um, Steve Horizon actually, um, he, he sent a, a, a tweet, basically uh, quoting that last post that I did on, um, on, for the Saturdays, because our, our show releases on every Saturday at 7 Eastern. And he says, Podcast Friends Friday, I didn't wake up knowing that I wanted a three-hour discussion about Riddick. But here we are. <laughs> here we freaking are. Firefly, Bill and Ted recently checked them out. Science Fiction Remnant Podcast. That made my day. So, Steve, thank you so much. Um, it's It was just, it's fun. I, I just like how it's... <laughs> but here we freaking are. <laughs> Have you guys heard that one before? Um, I, I don't know if you if you are privy to that. Uh, no, we're all busy, and sometimes we don't get to see the same, you know. Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, there's a lot. No, of I didn't quote that one. That's a good one. There's a lot of tweets, so it's easy to to you know miss something. You know, until we started the podcast, I always had a hate love relationship with Twitter. Like I would go to Twitter, and then disappear from Twitter for a year. Go back for one month and disappear again for another year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh. He actually created a different hashtag here, which I, I kind of like. Is um, hashtag science fiction remnant spelled out? So that's kind of cool. So um, just remember, you have many ways to interact with us. Uh, you can tweet at us, give us any comments you like, anything you want to see in the show, any messages you have for the host. Um, and you can also call us, uh, the number, yeah, the hotline now, we, you used to call me on my hotline. There you go. There you go. And Talking about it, sci-fi. Uh, I, w <laughs> I wish I get it. I get the numbers that Ray wanted, you know, like you imagine, you imagine this is sci-fi as, as a phone call, the hotline, but yeah, oh, yes, that would be awesome. But no, we, we, five, five, five. This is sci-fi. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> No, we don't. We're not that cool yet. Um, our number is one three zero five five six three six three three four. Um. Okay. So should we move on to the next one? Yeah. Shout out. All right. So for this part, we're gonna uh, make a special thank you to Modern Pirate Vintage Pop Culture. Uh, thank you for your participation and engagement with us. Uh, at uh, the the handle is at cool old swag, right? Cool. And 
I mean, keep on keep on engaging with the conversations. Uh, we love when we get our brains picked uh, in any kind of questions, topics, interests that you have in any properties that are sci-fi. Also, we're going to mention Joel E. Montana. The handle is Joel GM TK Island. <laughs> well, he was, he was on our show. This. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm murdering his handle. It's Joel GMC <laughs> Kynan. It's, it's Joel G. McKinnon. McKinnon. Joel G. McKinnon. Thank you, Ray. <laughs> That's what we need brains in the team. That's what we need brains in the team. <laughs> yeah, we, we had an amazing okay. conversation with him when he was on our show, and we hope to have him back. It was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. It was. He's and from uh, Seldon Crisis. Yeah, from Seldon Crisis. Um, so from a Seldon Crisis, the, the, the podcast handle is Seldon Crisis Pod. We wanted to give special thanks. And also to the heretical Tiyadani. Tiyadani. Sorry, you're gonna have to revive after that murdering. <laughs> well, and that's what we have. For you. Yeah, direct all your hate mail to you know Geo at you know science yeah. fiction. <laughs> Just bring it in. It. Yeah, I really enjoy uh, the conversations um, with uh, Sayadina. They're um, very insightful and deep. And I really appreciate that kind of engagement. Uh, very insightful in deep or in deep? No, very deep conversations, you know, about science fiction. Um, and, and, and she's always engaging uh, on, on the account. Um, so I just want to say thank you for that uh, type of engagement. And... You got the next one? Uh, Gio? Uh, that, that, no, that, that's all of our shadows for the YouTube video. Okay, so we Is have um, we have Talking Shiz. Um, great podcast. If you guys have not listened to it, I, I invite you to pick it up. Um, he's also engaging on our account, so I, I wanted to take the opportunity to thank him um, for you know, engaging and, and, and talking to us. Um, who knows? Maybe we can have him on on the show um, on one of those future episodes. Hell yes. So, I'll be curious to see what they had to suggest for discussion on episode. Yeah. And, um, of course, we have to thank Open Pike, um, our friend in Sudden But Inevitable, and they are part of this sci-fi uh, you probably heard their voice in our This Is Sci-Fi segment. Um, they're also very engaging with the account. So uh, we really, really appreciate it. And... Okay, so... Let's go to the next one. The Outer Remnant. We have one. We have, we have one. We have one. <laughs> what an intro. <laughs> we have one. <laughs> well, technically, we have two. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you one and raise you one. <laughs> Is yeah. there any good news? We have one. <laughs> I we never... got one! 
So you guys heard it here. The Outer Remnant is just a poker game. <laughs> so um, the Outer Remnant is a section where we tell you where else we are. In case you don't, you know, you, you don't get tired of our voices and you want to hear more of us, then, you know, we give you a way to. And if you, if you like a change only, like you can go and check our audio fans. <laughs> Only Gian. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for the first one, we had, and of course, I have to be in here because I like to think I am a, an Alita fan, maybe. You, um, <laughs> you passed the test many times. <laughs> so I was invited to uh, Radio Chaos, episode 135, where we discuss... Other weapons from any IP you would like to see Alita use. Um, that was a fun, that was a fun conversation. If you guys have not listened, uh, if you guys missed the stream, um, it's actually on YouTube. You can pick it up. Uh, but it was a lot of fun uh, because I had, you know, as soon as I get, I got invited, I had a, a couple of uh, uh, weapons in mind from other IPs that um, it would be fun to see Alita use uh, on, on that IP. So, you know, me and, and actually Ray were on that, on that stream. So it was a lot of fun. You guys should, should definitely pick it up. When we, when we came up with that topic, the first thing, my brain immediately went to Mjolnir. <laughs> I want to see it thrown Mjolnir around and zapping people with it. That would be so cool. <laughs> I don't know. I got stuck with a couple of things here. I don't know, uh, Gio. I don't know if you you probably missed it, but um, yeah, I, I got stuck with the, the the noisy cricket from MIB. Oh <laughs> my god, <laughs> that would be so and much that, fun. That gristle gun. Oh, oh yes, the gristle gun teeth. from Exix existence. This is a movie that we have to do in this podcast eventually. Yeah, this is on our blacklist. Existence. Yeah, so. It's a gristle gun. If you're not familiar with it, it's a gun where you actually put a jaw, a human jaw, and it picks up the thief and shoot teeth at bullets. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's as gross as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> and you can use the tag on smile, bang. <laughs> smile, bang. Shoot teeth in them. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so um, I, I I was on that that stream as well, but I have a different one, which is mm -hmm. was um, on the thirtieth oh, of look September. It was, <laughs> I oh, yeah. told you it was a poker I game. <laughs> I get around. Yeah. Uh, so Wait, this was the uh, uh, obvious. Uh, this is was the Alita live stream, which is not the Radio Chaos live stream. It's a different one on uh, Creek Indian hashtag Alita Army channel, which is um, uh, Muskogee Creek's channel. And uh, he does one about 24 hours earlier than the, the, the one on Saturday's uh, US time for, um, for Radio Chaos on the official channel. But he does one called the Alita Stream uh, with um, uh, Angelus, who gets mentioned on here lots of times. And uh, it was all about Alita's allies and enemies in a sequel. So we're talking about who we expected to be in there following on from the first movie and also characters we'd like to see coming out of the uh, source material, the manga, 
uh, and making it into the next movie. And that was an interesting discussion as well. So I highly recommend that if you have any interest in the leader, that you check out both of those channels and check out both of those um, live streams. That would be fun. Yes, yes, it was. It was a lot of a lot of fun on, on both of the streams. Um, not necessarily if you're an Alita, an Alita fan, uh, the thought experiments and all that. But if you're an Alita fan, it's a plus. You have to, you have to go to those streams. Um, so, should we um, chew bubblegum? Let's let's talk about the movie. Let's go there. That was an intro, like when you're like with a girlfriend and you don't know what to talk about, and you're like, so should we? <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes into Netflix and chill, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, Unfortunately, lately, Netflix, watching Netflix is watching what you're going to watch on Netflix. You don't watch actually Netflix. You just have <laughs> the menu for hours. <laughs> yes, the menu takes up more time than the actual watching movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 that like, I don't even want to watch this shit anymore. <laughs> Spoil for choice. Indecision, yes, it happens a lot. Uh, but uh, yeah, the movie we're talking about today is They Live from 1988. It is a John Carpenter outing, the man who gave us Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China, Ghosts of Mars, and Halloween. Awesome lineup of movies from this man. This is not one of his better-known titles. It's a bit of a bottom-of-the-barrel B-grade, but it's a lot of fun. Oh, yes. uh, it, had, it had a $3 million budget, big spender. And um, 13 million at the North American box office. I don't know. It doesn't say around the world what it made. It was um, released on November 4, 1988, and was 94 minutes long. And I even have the plot ready to go. Let me get that out of the way before we get off the rails. <clears throat> a homeless drifter credited as Nada comes to Los Angeles in search of a job. While out on the street, he sees a street preacher warning that they have recruited the rich and powerful to control humanity. Nada finds employment at a construction site and is befriended by co-worker Frank, who invites him to live in a shantytown uh, soup kitchen led by a man named Gilbert. That night, a it's hacker like takes over the... Sorry, what? What? Shantytown like is a slum. Yeah, Shantytown is a slum. <laughs> Come on, read the thesaurus. Thesaurus, man. I can't say that. You see, this is why this is why we have rails. <laughs> that night, a hacker takes over television broadcast, claiming that scientists have discovered signals that are enslaving the population and keeping them in a dreamlike state. And that only way to stop it is to shut off the signal at its source. Those watching the broadcast complain of headaches. Nada secretly follows Gilbert and the preacher into a nearby church and discovers the meeting with a group that includes the hacker. He sees scientific equipment and cardboard boxes inside. Nada is discovered by the blind preacher, but escapes. The shantytown and church are both destroyed by a police raid the same night, and the hacker and preacher are beaten by riot police. Following day, Nada retrieves one of the boxes from the church and takes a pair of sunglasses from it, hiding the rest in a trash can. Nada discovers that the sunglasses make the world appear monochrome, but also reveal subliminal messaging in the media to consume, reproduce, and conform. The glasses also reveal that many people are actually aliens with skull-like faces. Okay, Jane, this is your this is your opportunity. Come on. I want to say the thing. Let it out. Come on, Jane. 
I know you want to say. Look at this. When you take off the glasses, it's for me on the high face. <laughs> Ugly as fuck. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Robert, you're okay. Now, you're okay. now we've only got two more instances where he's going to say that during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> when Nada mocks an alien woman at a supermarket, she alerts other aliens via a wristwatch-like device. Nada leaves, but is confronted by two alien police officers. He kills them and steals their weapons. Nada enters a bank where he says the line about bubblegum. Uh, and he sees several employees and customers are aliens. He kills several aliens with a shotgun and escapes by taking Cable 54 employee Holly Thompson hostage. At Holly's home, Nada tries to get her to try on the sunglasses, but he, she knocks him out a window uh, and down a hill, and then she calls the police. He's a resident. She knocks him down the window? Oh. Yep. On a right California hill. Hmm. <laughs> He did well not to die, I think. Actually. <laughs> um, but but you know this is Rowdy Roddy Piper who's playing Nada, so um, tough guy, lots of muscles, um, uh, lots of um, wrestling moves. Not surprisingly, the next day Nada returns to the alley and retrieves the sunglasses from the garbage truck before Frank meets Nada and gives him his paycheck. Nada tries to get Frank to put on the glasses, but Frank thinks Nada is a murderer and wants nothing to do with him. Frank and Nada get into a long, violent brawl, after which Frank is too tired to prevent Nada from putting the glasses on. <laughs> put the damn glasses on. <laughs> put, it, put the damn glasses on. No. <laughs> that was a long scene. I was like, you guys just get like over it already? Yeah, well, you know, if, if you are a fan, especially of the 80s WWF, this is your scene. This is what oh, you yeah. were waiting for. There was for. wrestling moves galore in it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they had to use it. <laughs> it's like it's like when we went to Flash Gordon. Like they had to do NFL <laughs> shit on it. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it was fun. <laughs> yeah. After seeing the aliens and a flying saucer, Frank goes into hiding with Nada. Frank and Nada run into Gilbert, who leads them. Nada, to like meeting. nothing, or Nada the guy. Nada the guy. Okay. <laughs> I know it's confusing. Well, you know, in Spanish, nada means nothing. So yeah, I got a, people say here, I got nada. <laughs> I am going to get through this plot. Rails. I am going to get Rails. <laughs> Frank and Nada run into Gilbert, who leads them into a meeting of the anti-alien movement. At the meeting, they are given contact lenses to replace the sunglasses and learn that the aliens are using global warming to make Earth more like their own planet and are depleting the Earth's resources for their own gain. They also learn that the aliens are, have been bribing humans to become collaborators, promoting them to positions of power. Holly arrives at the meeting, apologizing to Nada for almost killing him. <laughs> Thrown out a window. <laughs> for... Almost making him nada in both name and, and functionality. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Where did I get to? The meeting is raided by the police and the vast majority of those present are killed with the survivors, including Frank, Nada and Holly scattering. Nada and Frank are cornered in an alley, but are ac accidentally alien activate an alien wristwatch opening a portal through which they escape. Should have had a portal gun, it would have been quicker. Yes. Uh, 
The portal takes them to the alien spaceport where they discover a meeting of aliens and human collaborators celebrating the elimination of the terrorists, which was the meeting they were at. They are approached by a former drifter they briefly met in the shantytown, now a collaborator who gives them a tour of the facility. He leads them to the basement of Cable 54, the source of the signal, which is protected by armed guards. Nada and Frank find Holly and fight their way to the transmitter on the roof, but Holly kills Frank in a sudden but inevitable ah. um, <laughs> incident of betrayal. <laughs> Referencing both our podcast and the movie Serenity. Hey, hey, um, <clears throat> Jesse, setting, but, you know, shameless plug. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's right. Revealing that she too is a human collaborator, Nada kills Holly and destroys the transmitter and is fatally wounded by aliens in a helicopter. Nada gives the alien the middle finger and dies. With the transmitter destroyed, humans all over the world are free from the dreamlike state and discover the aliens hiding amongst them, including one poor woman who discovers she's having sex with an alien. That was... Roll credits. (laughs) That was really interesting. Before we go further, Robert, I have to ask you, does this count as one of your bad endings or but because she was having sex in the last scene, one of the good endings? Please tell us your opinion. I was I was waiting. I know this question was going to come up somehow. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the extra tentacles actually made it better. <laughs> um, interesting. Um, because as you already know, if the main character dies, and in this one, two of the main characters died. Um, to me, typically, the movie is no good. Um, you know, evident from... I think this is close enough to what happened to me when I watched Upgrade. Um, you guys can yeah. download that episode we did previously uh, with Angelus. Um, in Upgrade, he doesn't really die. Well, you know... The, Might as well have. the evil um, evil wins wins and he might as well been dead because he used his body and he's just left him oh, uh, which I can be better for you to like it it's like he's alive he's locked in there and he cannot do anything yeah and he's in a happy dream right but just the fact that evil won um, still I I like the movie um it's just weird that this one in particular, and maybe it's a similar case, uh, but with a twist, because on this movie, Evil lost. Uh, or oh, apparently lost. Um, because well, at I the end of the movie... Back. I'm sorry? I had a setback. Yeah, yeah. So now at least humans know who they are. And, um, and, and I don't know if you guys yeah, knew humans, this, but... It, humans don't, don't know who they are. Well, they they, they they find out who they are when, you know, he destroys well, the antenna. I mean, humans humans knowing themselves, they don't know themselves. Huh? Humans knowing themselves. Like, human knowing who they are, they themselves. The humans don't know who humans are. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. That's the nature of the, the, <laughs> the, the beast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I think... My rationality, and I'm thinking about this, though, because I don't quite have a good answer for this. Uh, but the only thing that makes sense to me is the fact that yeah, he died, right? And his friend died. 
But in the end, they were able to um, stop somewhat what evil was doing. Make a change, yeah. And they made it. And uh, I don't know if you guys knew this is based on a short story um, that I actually, I learned, I did, I seen this movie back in 88 when it came when it came out and I never knew this was based on, it was called uh, eight o'clock in the morning by, um, what was his name? Nelson, uh, Ray, Ray Nelson. Nelson, Ray Nelson. It is a very, very, very short, I want to say four pages long story. So you guys can actually pick it up. Uh, if you Google it, you'll find a PDF is, is widely available. Um, I read it <clears throat> prior to watching it uh, today. Uh, it gave me a lot of insight, although it is slightly different than the movie. It gave you a little insight as to, you know, what we see in the movie. And I actually now, because of that, I see the movie in a different light. So that is my reasoning. I'm not 100% sure why I like this movie, aside from the fact that it's a lot of fun. Um, but there's my answer. <laughs> yes, but no, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> you know, those, those sorts of answers. <laughs> so I, I guess since, I don't know if you guys read um the story or not but i can kind of give you what i think might be the immediate points that call my attention as to being um a difference from the um the film um in in the in the story and again read it it takes you i'll be surprised if if it takes you 15 minutes to read It's, it's a very short read um, and it's amazing they were able to grab this and make a movie out of it. But then again, you look at the movie and it was so much fun, you can kind of understand. Um, <clears throat> so, in the movie, um, Nada, um, his name was George Nada, he works up, apparently, he was in a show, I'm assuming it's some sort of theater. Um, so, so kind of like uh, make-believe uh, wrestling? No, <laughs> he was in a theater. He was watching a, a you know, a theater um, uh, program of some sort. They never explain. Um, but at the end, I guess as part of the the lyrics uh, of the story that is being told in theaters, um, the I guess one of the guys, actors or whatever. And again, this is not really important to the story or detailed in the story, but he says, awake. And he awoke. And this is something that never happened before. This is the equivalent to what we see in the movie when he puts on the glasses. So he's going through his day seeing the the aliens. And it's kind of like in and out. It's a little different from the movie in the fact that he would see them, but it takes him concentration. So if he loses, do it goes. Do you think that he's like taking the red pill, but you don't get to get out of the matrix? Kind of. Kind of. This is, you know. So, <clears throat> and I think, um, 
I understand why they picked the glasses instead of following the short story because I think it makes a better movie. Yeah. They have something tangible. Uh, and this one over here, it, it it takes an extra effort for him to concentrate because, as you can see from the movie, there's a lot of subliminal messages. Um, and that's constantly... I mean, even if your TV is off, it's, it's emitting signals that affect you. Um, anything you see tells you... There's always commands everywhere you go. So it's... It takes some extra effort for him to see the aliens. Uh, and when he lets go, then they look like people. But he's still aware. He's walking up. So <clears throat> I guess it, and there was a scene where he found someone in the alley. And again, this happened to him. He kind of like let go a little. And he sees his, his a typical drunk bum in the street. And he's telling him to get, you know, like, get off, go, or whatever. And um, it, he kills him because he's an alien. <clears throat> and he goes, I think they somewhat discover uh, him somehow. And, of course, I'm just summarizing this thing because I don't want to tell you the whole, you know, you might want to read it. It's really fun to, to read, too. Um, but his phone rang, and it was Control, which we know from the movie. And um, it's kind of funny how they said, you know, this is control, <clears throat> the chief of police, Robinson. Um, so they're still saying control because they're assuming that he is being controlled or he's still controllable like everybody else. And the voice that comes out in the, uh, in, in the other end, the, the police, the apparent chief of police says, you are an old man, George Nada, tomorrow morning. At 8 o'clock, your heart will stop. Please repeat. So then George Nada, he wanted to make sure that they don't know that he's aware of what's going on. He repeated the same thing. <clears throat> he says, yes, I am an old man. Tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, my heart will stop. Um, and control hung up. And he says, no, it won't. Um, so to make the long story short... He goes through pretty much what we see in the movie. Um, he gets to the radio station. Um, he shoots one of the aliens on TV. Um, and he was able to um, give the command to wake up. Um, and we see what happened in the movie, which is what happened after he destroyed it, the satellite um, device um and that's when eight o'clock hit his heart stopped and he died ah. so he was he able to say <laughs> so yes he, he basically the same thing that happened in the movie happened in this one over here where he you know control already gave him the command and he couldn't do anything about it I think that changing from, you know, pills and subliminal commands to um, sunglasses and bullets makes it more relatable to the everyman uh, as a concept. Um, I, I think changing from, from what they had in the, in the short story to what they had in the movie was probably better for the, for the medium. Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. 
I thought it was cute that they they included global warming as you know the, the whole conspiracy side of this movie is huge, and you know conspiracy theorists would love it because <laughs> it, it it would feed right into their their particular you know societal kink. There's this massive. There's this massive conspiracy going on with all the rich Ray people. Ramos would be missing zone listeners right now. <laughs> it, <laughs> is, words. it explains Obey. You know, global warming. It explains the 1%. It explains why society's changed the way it has. It explains everything. Yeah. It's, 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 all the answers. It's really good in the way that he does that. Because even, <laughs> you know, and I always... <laughs> I, I always say, like, if this movie would would be made uh, on today's society, uh, it would be even freakier, um, and it gives the aliens a lot more control because everybody's on their phones. Yeah. So you imagine exactly. instead of in the media, they they will not need to have those, um, you know, speakers they had in every corner or. You know, they, they could have the subliminal, you know, messages on websites. Magazines are not, you know, although we find some, they're mostly digital now. Um, but See, my, phone, my phone is broken, so I'm usually staring at people. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it would be even more scary because you can visualize how they would use a cell phone to to do or deliver the same message they were delivering in this movie. Aren't they doing it already? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. That's what's so scary. That is what's... What do you guys think about that movie? I mean, that that uh, that music throughout the entire movie. It's the same um, music. It, it resembles... Um, and I think it's, it's clever because it's... Um, the first thing to come to mind when you're, when you're listening to that score... Is is, you know, your boring life, you know, mm -hmm. eight, eight, work, you know, eight hours, sleep eight hours, yep. um, and that's pretty much what the aliens are doing. They're they're commanding uh, everyone, you know. That that was a sublime, uh, very sublime way to put it when they put that, that like the repetition of the music and these little details that you don't really notice, but they're there. Oh yes. So, um, Ray, did you watch this movie like when when it came out? I caught it on VHS probably a, a year or so after it came out. Um, the the cover graphic, yes, of the um, of the VHS tape. Yes, I know I'm old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, it, it drew it drew me to the to the title. I mean, they live doesn't really tell you much, but then you see these. What did you call it? Formaldehyde face? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's fuck. Yeah. Um, you see this on a, on a video cover, and you go, "What the hell is?" <laughs> I gotta watch this. <laughs> yeah, I think. And then the first, the, the first part of the movie is just like this guy wandering around. He's like a practically yeah. a hobo. Yes. You know, he's a tra yep. transient yep. individual. The sort of person that's fallen out of society and nobody will listen to him, which comes quite evident when he's trying to warn everybody. Yeah, uh, I mean it, it. It's B. It's B grade, but it's 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 shot 
B grade. It's designed B grade, but it's got all these little smart things going on in it. All these conspiracy links and these things going on that it ties into and and it's ridiculous in a way that's almost believable. Yes. Is it, do you think they made it they made it with intentional seriousness or is it all satir- satirical? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the answer to that is yes. Smart both. answer. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's John Carpenter at his finest and it's a hidden gem. It's one of those movies that I mean you cast a, a WWF wrestler <laughs> as the main as the main guy. And some of his lines are so wooden, but it's so smart under the hood. It's just really, really good. I mean, I, and I'm watching it again. I just, I'm just going like the music's that drifter music, that sort of yes, lazy, nothing's happening music that boring. That means something is happening, and you just don't know. I just, it's like, oh, it's just brilliant. I loved it. I'm so happy to watch it again. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I I I really and you know something that I find interesting, and and I don't know, maybe I'm the only one. I'm going to ask this question and let you know if you guys experience the same thing. But you know that famous line, I see it everywhere. Um, I think there's even movies that quote it. Um, and it's it seems like everybody seems to know that line, uh, where he says, you know, I'm here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm out of bubble, I'm out of bubble gum. Um, and in my experience, no one, you know, aside from a very few people that I've asked could tell me where that line is from. And yet they know the line, but they don't know the movie. Um, what do you guys experience this before or is it just me? (laughs) Oh, no, no, totally. Like, um, it's usually paraphrased to, I'm here to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of gum. Like, the, the bubble gum part seems almost superfluous. But, uh, and that line, it, Rowdy Roddy Piper delivers, it's probably the most wooden line in the entire movie. I'm here to chew bubble gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. It's just like, oh, what, was he hung over that day? <laughs> I, I don't know, but I mean, it's it's the the most amazing line. It's the most amazingly reused line, memed line. Um, it's it's all over the place. It's come up in other movies and stuff like. That. But it's just so badly delivered in this movie. <laughs> it's like, it, and God, I don't know. I don't know if you guys heard, but you know, um, Roddy Piper. We all know he's um, WWF uh, was. Um, very famous, um, iconic in a way that he, 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 you would probably recognize him <laughs> because he was either with a, uh, with a white shirt or shirtless with a skirt, for, you know, Scottish, I call it skirt, but I, I forgot hey, the name. Cool the cool. kilt? It was a kilt. Yep. It yeah. was a red kilt. So it's very iconic in that way because if you think about, you know, if you play any of the video games for WWF or the the decade, or, or if you watch any commercials or anything like that, that I think even come up in uh, in the the movie. I mean, the 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 um, uh, music video for the Goonies. Um, it's very iconic because he's one of the. I think I don't follow 
WWF anymore. Uh, but to my knowledge, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, is the only wrestler on a red kilt. Um, so on a kilt, probably at all. Um, on a kilt at all, probably. Yeah, yeah. So it's very iconic. It's a red kilt. You can't miss it. So he had a notebook where you know how we all know WWF is basically acting. So Roddy Piper has a notebook where he writes lines that he would deliver whenever he's uh, performing uh, in wrestling arenas. And um, that line came from his notebook. Um, I think John Carpenter um, mentioned some, you know, I can't remember where I heard it from, uh, that he ad-libbed that line. And that would make sense, uh, Ray, to what you're saying mm. and how he delivered it, that it wasn't, it was ad-lib. It was not rehearsed. It just came out. So mm. oh, oh, that makes sense as to why you notice and everybody else that has seen that movie notice his delivery of that line was a little off because of that. Regardless, is one of the most quotable, most famous lines in any movie that I can remember. Yeah. I, I didn't know if you guys knew okay. that. Okay. Uh, so I've done a bit of Googling, just uh, Professor Google while you were speaking. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, is his real name is Roderick George Toombs. Uh, so he was born in 1954 and he died in 2015. So uh, Vale... Um, Rowdy Roddy Piper, he's uh, passed on. And and this, thank you. And the surname Tombs uh, doesn't come from Scotland. It comes from uh, Worcestershire in central England. So he was borrowing from the Scots when he was wearing a kilt. Worcestershire or Worcesters or? <laughs> well, Worcestershire. I always say Worcestershire because it was Worcestershire sauce. Um, Are you talking about the sauce, Gio? As they say down here in Australia, what's this here sauce? What's this here sauce? What's this here sauce? I always say that. Like, that is correct. <laughs> oh, God. Awesome. So... Yeah, that that I just so found that interesting. Hmm? So his last name comes from Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> it comes from the <laughs> county of Worcestershire, or Worcester, or however you want to pronounce. <laughs> he said it in three different <laughs> pronunciations already. <laughs> yeah, he's working. <laughs> I'm messing up. And that is Captain Chaos for to... you. <laughs> yep, he's affecting my brain. Yeah, you guys let us know if you guys want a t-shirt. <laughs> Captain Chaos. <laughs> I think we should do one. I think it probably still will. <laughs> um, but another thing that I wanted to mention, um, <clears throat> this is the very first time I got to see Keith David. Um, I think he's a, such a great actor and he has some comedic chops too. Um. But there was that fighting scene that we were talking about. It was Rody Piper with Keith <laughs> Davis. Oh, my oh, God. It just went on and on and on. <laughs> it's like, put the damn glasses on. 
<laughs> no, I'm not putting your damn glasses on. No, I'm just not doing it because you're a murderer. Like, dude, come on. Just it's wearing sunglasses, not gonna kill you. But it actually did. You know. be nice can kill you. Well, let me ask you, Ray, because did you like how long that fight was? Or you prefer that fight to be shorter? I think that, that was dra kind of it dragged a little bit, but I can understand at the time it would have been one of those things that, you know, if, if this movie was showing in a bar, all the drunk patrons would be like, yeah, they're fighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have loved it. Don't you think that was campiness too? Well, I I'm asking this question because I'm going to say something that I learned. Um, Gio, what do you think? Do you rather have that long fight or you rather that fight being shorter? I mean, shorter, but I think that at the same time, it was part of the era and campiness. It was a big thing on, on TV. Well, I'm going to... We have spoken about before. I'm going to tell you only because I learned this recently. Um, did not know this at the time. I, I watched this back in 88. Um, no, it wasn't because of that. Um, as a matter of fact, um, this fight scene was rehearsed. It was designed, rehearsed, and choreographed um, in, the, in, the, in the backyard of uh, John Carpenter's production um, office. Um, it was supposed to last 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Not 20 minutes. And then 20 they did what seconds. They did with the book, right? But here's the thing. And I don't know. I'm wondering, and I'm going to let you guys, I, I'm going to ask you and get, and get your opinion on this one because I'm kind of curious too. I, I don't know what the answer is. You might not even have the answer to this, but what makes sense, um, maybe, you know, Roddy Piper is such a, Iconic character at a time. He wanted to showcase himself. So I wonder if David, you know, because they decided to um, go with it. You know, I don't think they, they're, um, they, they went with the, re the rehearsal. Um, they just In decided, decided to fight it out for real. But, you but know, the only thing... The only thing that is not real on it was the actual connections on, you know, when you hit, obviously, because, you know, you, you don't want to hurt an actor and then have to postpone the movie, which makes a lot of sense. But they scrapped want to. completely the choreograph fight. They did not even look at it. They did not use it. They, they fought it out for real. They just went at it. And I wonder, the question that I had is like, I wonder, David was in, well, I like to think it's, in, it's a newer actor. It wasn't as famous as he is now. Um, I wonder if he had that starstruck, you know, like if you're a WWF fan and you had the opportunity to like play out a, a fighting scene with one of your idols, you know, would mm. you do it? Uh, considering that, you know, David was built for, for, for the movie. So he, Roddy Piper was big back then too. Oh yes. So I yeah. wonder because they decided no, we're gonna we're gonna duke it out, and they just the fight you see there is not planned, not choreographed. It was just a real fight. Besides, the glasses. I'm not wearing the damn glasses. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna be hard not yeah. to laugh. 
I thought I thought Roddy Piper got up pretty quickly after those five knees to the groin. <laughs> yeah, kicked him down a bit longer. Hey, maybe he didn't have the balls. So, but you know, uh, I'm. This is pretty much what they do in WWF. So, yeah, uh, choreograph fights. I I think well, they choreograph fights. Yeah, but you know, they they kind of like do what we do. They're out the rails. <laughs> Go on. Remember? Huh? And the fake bleeding foreheads too. Remember? Yes. Yes. So you know they did clear. They did make clear that the that you know when they hit that that connection of fist face <laughs> did not happen. Obviously, you can't have that happen because you know that would Oxygen cost more software. money. But the Oxygen fight was. I'm sorry. Oxygen software lost for those weeks. <laughs> so um, what do what do you guys think about that? I I honestly I just learned about that. I did. I didn't know it was supposed to be 20 seconds. It kind of felt dragged out, which is way more understandable now that I know that it was impromptu. Let's just fight for five minutes. You want me to compare it to something very deep? It's what I felt when I watched The Hobbit after I have watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And I was like, shit, they made five movies almost out of this teeny tiny book, but they gave me just one movie per book on this one. <laughs> that had three giant books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I, I have to ask. Um, Meg Foster. She was playing Holly. Back then, when I saw her for the first time, she kind of resembles. This is what I think after Farrah Fawcett, right? She kind of mm -hmm. resembles um, Christy Alley a little. Okay. Um, her eyes. Initially, I thought that they were movie magic. You know how they they create. Maybe they want to indicate that she is some kind of new alien or whatever, because it, it didn't, it, the, her eyes seemed fake to me in that movie. Gorgeous. Well, you might, Gorgeous woman. You, you might say that, but I actually, um, in, in my year at high school, there was a guy who had bright blue eyes like that, and he used to pull all the chicks the bastard. He even tried to steal one of my girlfriends at one point. Bastard. Bastard. <laughs> so, exactly. I discover... After, you know, I, you, you get to see documentaries, you get to see interviews on TV, and it's like, holy crap, those are her eyes. So, back then, you know. It was, yeah, sure, I mean, she bought him. I was 18 uh, at the time when the movie came out. So, I was thinking, she must be an alien. You know me and my sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> she must be alien. Because um, no one has eyes like that. Obviously, you know. It's not true, but you know, you're young. What is your experience? Wait till you see memory of the geisha. I'm sorry. Wait till you see memories of the geisha. Oh, I seen that one. That's some bullshit. I I, <laughs> I seen that movie. Nope, that movie is good. Um, no, guys, that's some bullshit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you guys had the same or similar thought when you saw? I mean, very beautiful actress. Back in uh, in this movie, in '88. Yeah. What was your thought? I mean, when you saw her for the first time, I don't. I'm I'm sure they 
Gio's thought might be completely different because you basically just saw it. Um, but mainly Ray back when you saw it on um, VHS. He probably kept playing on his head when he's like, like, I wish I had Jesse's girl. <laughs> back to the 80s. Take me back, baby. Gorgeous. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't remember exactly what year it was that I saw it on VHS, um, whether it was, you know, still in the 80s or the even giving amnesia. But, um, yeah, I mean, she's pretty enough. I, I, I was never a big fan of the big 80s. Pretty curves. enough. What does that yeah. mean, Ray? Pretty enough. Well, you know, you, you've, you've, you've got the, 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 lead, the leading lady. Geo, like, remember, people have preferences. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was never yeah, a big well, fan of the like, 80s perm, which she was she was um, rocking. So, uh, oh, I was. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, well, you see, that's preferences. I think I still am. <laughs> <laughs> I know well, it's out of we, style. We, <laughs> we, we expect to see a perm on you next week. <laughs> for the next it's going to go out of camera, you know. Huge. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Robert has Robert still has in his closet some, some of those like suits that look like the ones that NC Hammer used. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. it's true. No kidding. Back from my high school day, uh, days. Yeah, you have the clown pants. Yeah, Robert used to do like a like a Latino version of Will Smith. <laughs> it's true with the mustache and everything, and with like the the smothering face all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he has a smothering face. <laughs> Yeah, Giancarlo has been lucky, unlucky, to see those pictures. <laughs> I know, man. Those are treasurable. <laughs> You've come a long way, buddy. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you. It's thank a you. remnant treasure. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> I would like to see Ray in the 80s. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> oh, oh, my yeah. God. That makes me oh, want to see more. my I mean, God. I can show you a picture of, of me in the 80s, but you, you don't want to see my father's balls. Uh, uh, what was that again? <laughs> oh, I heard what he said. He doesn't need to repeat it. Oh my god! I thought you know. I thought I heard wrong there, but maybe I did hear no, what I didn't. thought I heard. You did hear what you thought you heard. Yes, I think I'll strike again. Oh my god! No, nah, look. If I show you a picture of what I look like in the eighties, be oh my god, Becky, look at that nerd. So oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't need to go there. I want to see that. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe he can put it, maybe he can post it in Discord, you know. And if you, oh, if, if, oh that's that's the last thing he's gonna do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Discord is is secluded, so then if you wanna what if you wanna look at that, you're gonna have to join our Discord and then get to see it. So how about that? Great bait. <laughs> I'll I'll put one of mine's um in there. So. Hey, look! I'll put, I'll put a picture of me at three and a half. I look pretty cool then. <laughs> if we get if we get a thousand uh, new editions, I'll put one of mine at eighty. <laughs> one of yours in the eighties? Yeah. Let's how, see how many people want to see my. How, dad's how were you? Like five? <laughs> no. Let's see how many people want to see my dad's balls. You imagine if our, our channel blows up because of this? Oh my god! And you guys, and if you're you listening, this is that. why we're explicit. <laughs> <laughs> this would be the reason. It's all gene color. <laughs> I mean, I'm Australian. I can manage not to swear too much, but <laughs> I've got gene color in here. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. 
Yes. I, I'm the embodiment of what Australia is on ecosystem. Oh <laughs> uh, dear. Uh, Gio, what 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 did call your attention when you watched this movie? I mean, what what is your thought? Uh, obviously, I don't know. You have been formaldehyde face, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> If you yeah, liked sure. it, or you know, what... I did like it. I did like the movie, and I mean, gives me like the the society that is portrayed because they made sure to make it boring as fuck. Uh, it looks like the Matrix society, like stuck on the time, you know, and it's never gonna change. That's what it feels like. It's like it gives you monotony all over the place. Yeah. And I mean, when they portray the slums, like even how they behave and what they watch is like shit. It's like they are fucking brainwashing in the dice. They're homeless. Even if somebody actually brings them the truth, they're not gonna take it. Yeah. Well, they, you know? it, it reminded me a lot of one of those generic shitty movies that come on at about 10 o'clock at night that, you know, yep. bad cop dramas from the 80s or. Yeah. Or you know, one of those sorts of movies, just just like it, it was made for like you know three hundred and fifty US dollars, <laughs> and it's terrible, and it's just filling up space yep. in, in the programming late at night, and and it starts out like that. I'm sure that was deliberate. Yeah, you know, if you if you're impatient, if you're one of the ADHD generation, you'd probably turn it off before it got interesting and then never find out that yeah. it was actually a really good deliberate B-grade sci-fi. Um, I mean, the guys, for the first, like, half an hour of the movie, the guy's just wandering around. Yes, wondering, yes. Wondering why the world's so fucked. I was like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on in here? He's carrying his back. We've got no background of this guy. He's just walking around with a pack. Yep. On which he loses when the cops hit with the Joe um, haircut. Yeah, with his Joe haircut, <laughs> and he wanders around for half the movie in his torn jeans, dirty jeans, and his torn, dirty shirt. <laughs> yeah, like, who is this loser? Uh, but he's built, and and you know, he, and he it's takes like it himself come out to wake the world up, which you know is is sort of um, heroic in a way. Yeah, It's sort of like that down and out bum hero kind of vibe, which bum I like. hero. <laughs> you think that that Hancock is like the new version of it? Mm. It's a bum hero. That's a movie we gotta do. Is that sci-fi or fantasy? No, it's superhero uh, sci-fi. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a new hashtag for you, Ro. It's gonna call we call fantasy sci-fi. <laughs> Fantasy sci-fi. Fantasy sci-fi. Sounds like a drink. Yeah. yeah. Try the new fantasy sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> What color Copy would it be? Copyright that shit. Purple. <laughs> my, son would, my son would drink that. Sure. Purple because I like grape. <laughs> Come on. There's already grape fanta. Yeah. But we changed that one. You know, that, that would be our fanta. Science fiction remnants. Fantasy sci-fi. How about those are the stars? Hmm? The bubbles are the stars, and the burp, the black hole. <laughs> hey, that's a great slogan. <laughs> oh, dear. And on there goes the rails. Yeah. But yeah, this this was a fun, uh, a fun watch for sure. Uh, it's just like Ray says, it, like yes and yes, like it's satirical, but it has some tell, like telltale in it, you know. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. It, back, I, back in the... Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, back in the day, the, the only person who could tell the king what's what that he didn't want to hear was the jester. The jester would be telling the king in a, in a, in a comedic manner what's actually fucking going on in, in the kingdom. <laughs> and he was the only one who could. Uh, because any of the nobles that said it would have their heads removed because the king wouldn't like it. You know, it, it's that same sort of um, satirical but yep. serious vibe that the, it's, a, it's a jester movie, basically. Definitely. Sorry, Robert, you were saying? No, I was just, um, I, I, I find this, this movie is so much fun. Um, and, and I just, I actually told Giancarlo's today, uh, and actually, um, I told you, Ray, too. Um, I forgot how much fun this movie was to watch. Because <laughs> um, it's not one of those movies that you watch frequently. Um, I do watch it a lot, but it's spread apart. Um, <clears throat> and this is another rewatch for me. And it's, it, it was just so much fun. Um, it was. And, and it's very... If you think about it, you can find deep meaning on it, uh, like you discussed, Ray. That the how the the creators of the story found a way to, like, which I find fascinating, how the aliens are uh, changing the atmosphere to fit their, the, you know, the the their. They're, they type the, the type of atmosphere that they need to survive. Literally doing what we want to do to Mars. So it, it's they, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They got obviously what you do is you go for the people in power, people with money, and it start, you know, helping them pollute. Uh, and, and apparently, first, well, first, well, first you gotta get from the Heisman first. <laughs> Well, those are from Heights are the ones that are going to those, you know, elite, the rich, uh, you know, the, the, the powerful, um, and, and create that pollution on earth, um, that would transform the atmosphere to an atmosphere that they can live on. Um, I find that to be fascinating. I, I don't know what, what I'm sure Ray has a lot to talk about that particular aspect, but I'm kind of wondering also, uh, Gio, what do you think about that aspect? I mean, there's a lot more that I can talk about, but and this particular one is very clever and how they are, uh, I don't know if I want to say foreshadowing. Um, yeah, yeah, it was clever and actually tricky, the way they put it, you know, because they're bringing a topic of, uh, of discussion that, have been tried to be brought out to consciousness of the public for a long time. So they just put it in there that way. And I mean, I mean, it's a sneaky way to put it, but it lets you thinking of, of that topic anyways. Even if you don't think much about it, 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 it brought it forward, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, they made it just uh, an excusable uh, facade for them to actually say like, this is happening and the bad guys, Actually, needy. So perfect foreshadowing, actually. Now, let's hear what Ray has to say about this. About the conspiracy. Oh, <laughs> I kind of I run my mouth off about the conspiracy early on, so I don't really feel like I need to repeat that again. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, 
like I said, it plays into the conspiracy theorists' playbook quite heavily um, and, and links just enough things that it's vaguely plausible. And vaguely plausible is all you need for good conspiracy. So. Do you think, that, you think that global warming is really uh, as bad as portrayed or not? Um, well, I, I, I happen to know from what I've read in scientific papers, and we won't get into that because it's a, it's a can of worms, but yeah. it, it is as bad as it is portrayed. It's um, actually bad, worse now than it was back in the 80s. That's, yeah, what, I, sure. that's what I felt like. I mean, I was having a discussion with somebody not too long ago, and they were trying to tell me, like, it's a cycle thing. It happens, and it goes away. Like, yeah, but it doesn't happen like we make it worse in 50 years, like it happened in the 500 years on cycles. <laughs> so, like, I well, like... These, these sorts of things do happen cyclically, but you can also have spikes, like if there's a massive volcanic eruption, yes. that will change the environment quite significantly. Um, but where, whereas those are natural forces where we've become a natural force of change in that um, humanity is a, an extinction event. Mm -hmm. We've made extinct so many species compared to what would naturally happen. Yeah, um, if not, since, you wouldn't have a dodo right now. Since, since, since the rise of, of civilizations in the world, we've, we've, we've basically been causing an extinction event and it's continuing on uh, with the, the cutting down of uh, rainforests and, and the removal of habitat. Um, the, I mean, species we haven't even discovered yet, like because there's a lot of insect species out there that are hidden in the forest that we're cutting down now that we haven't even spotted yet. And... and you know, given name to that that have been wiped out before we even know that they exist. Yeah. So um, it, it's pretty sad uh, the the loss of species. Um, I wouldn't through, be sad you know, if a killer mosquito dies. <laughs> no, those ba those bastards. Those are the cockroaches will outlive us by millions of years. <laughs> they won't die. Care. They'll they'll still be here. They can mosquitoes can fly away. They're fine. Mosquitoes can fly away and cockroaches just resist everything, including nukes. So they'll be fine. Cockroaches <laughs> eat paper. Cockroaches eat carton and eat newspapers. And that's, I mean, yeah, and uh, that's how they get the news. <laughs> I, over, over the distance of a human's lifespan, which is, you know, like 70 odd years, um, it seems like it's going slowly. But when you compare it to what happens over the millennia of geological time, this is really, really fast. So um, it, it's not part of a cycle. It can't be. It's too quick. And, and that's what I was uh, explaining to the person I was talking to. Like, that's okay that it's a cycle, but the effect that we're having in the last uh, couple of decades uh, with the advancement of technology and the pollution it causes is going to create a more permanent effect on it. Oh, for sure. That it's not going to be part of that cycle. I mean, even even the mining of rare earth elements that uh, has been Finite going on resources. for well, it, it's for the building of phones and and things like that that require molybdenum and all these sorts of rare earth elements that there aren't there isn't much of in the crust of the earth. Uh, so we're rushing around digging it all up, uh, and then a lot of these can be toxic if they if they're just you know thrown away again. And if yeah. you're putting them into the into the surface layer of the soil where we grow our crops, it's then you know getting into into people's you know food mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and into the animals' food, which is then getting into the people because we eat the animals. So you know all of this stuff is having flow-on effects that 
a lot of even a lot of scientists aren't taking into consideration yet, but will come out in the wash. So we should um, start opening a X Men school, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but I think that uh, manufacturing in the future will be interesting for you know extra arms and extra legs and and sunglasses for three eyeballs and stuff like that. At least we're gonna get good use of what I mean. We're gonna do the happy story of what Chernobyl would have been if it would have worked out perfectly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like need to uh, have something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing that I found interesting in, in how they, in, in the same take, they use society's, I want to say addiction, but. Uh, with with media yeah hmm. um radio propaganda. huh propaganda yeah yeah media via radio via tv via ads billboards magazines newspapers um <clears throat> and 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 this is why i was saying how it would be even a lot scarier if this movie was done on today's time because of the fact that how most of those things are now digital and people usually especially the younger um generation um there's their heads are stuck on the phones um hmm. you see a typical family dinner now is uh, no one speaks um they're on their phone and not everybody's on the table Well, even if you have someone at the table, you you know, let's say for example, it's a couple, they're both on their phones while eating, um, watching TV. Uh, you text the person right next to you instead of actually turning your head and, and talking. Oh man! Um, which I, it sounds. I actually, I have problems with friends because they want to have conversations on text. I know you and I get together and talk like fucking adults face to face. If not, let's not talk about this shit. That's how I'm getting lately. Because everybody does that shit, man. It sticks for everything. Like in a text message, you you miss emotion, tone. The oh, communication sure, gets yeah. is it's deteriorating the communication. So I it mean does. Yeah, definitely. Com communication is going to, to hell lately because of that. Yeah. Well, 80 up to 80% of communication is nonverbal through yes. um angle of the head, where you're looking, What the way you, your mouth yeah. is shaped, the way you're standing. Um, Giancarlo so, switches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even that. He's, 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 Giancarlo's hiding 80% of his communication right now because he's got his camera turned off. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you even get a, the tone of voice, the... Um, speed at which the, the the comments come out um and verbal communication you can interrupt partway through and 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 ask for a, a clarification so you say oh sorry i don't understand that can you can you um give me a bit more more detail or something like that the back and forth whereas if it's text somebody sat there and thought about what they're saying and, and typed it all in but there isn't that that immediate, um, especially with emails and things like that, which aren't immediate, uh, there isn't that um, 
back and forth, which you get in a normal conversation yeah. like we're having now. Yeah, the fluidity uh, and the interaction, um, how hearing you speak changes what my thought process or my thoughts are in a particular conversation, and I can reply immediately to that. Um, and how that even becomes how a dynamic conversation. I'm yeah. sorry? No, even how you conceptualize whatever message trying to convey might be changed because of the way it's conveyed. Something that I see too in, in those type of conversations is that you ended up having three or four sub-conversations and conversation gets confusing. Like the Moody Gerfer saying, like, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So That's often the case too, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I use text messages for? So when I have a conversation with somebody, I text it. Okay, well, we're going to do this and that. Like, no, I didn't say that. Here it is. always going my basis so going back to what I was going to say is you know that is a scary thought and how that could turn to be the main avenue for aliens to take control and dominate the human race if the movie was done in say in today's day but it is it's actually scary because you know, even back in the 80s, how you were glued to the TV. Um, and, and I can understand in parts, like, for example, um, uh, I had a, a few shows that, um, that I really liked. Uh, this is prior to, um, well, you know, not everybody, it, you know, VCRs weren't that frequent. Eventually they caught on. But even if you had one, um, you have to worry about getting a blank t tape, uh, making sure you set the uh, channel and the time um, to make sure that you don't miss if you, for example, have to do something at the time that a show, then a, a specific show that you like, that you want to see was being aired. Um, and things could happen. You know, your, your dad could record over it. Um, the schedule might have run late, might have run early. Um, the kids would have shoved shit inside of the tray and fucked the whole thing. There was nothing more annoying than getting to the pivotal part of a show and it cuts out because it was running late. Ah. <laughs> happened, happened in Australia all the time because the sport was the most important thing ever and it would run long. Oh, mm. <laughs> and then... And then all the following shows would be delayed and they, they'd never take the ads out and, you know, catch up because you got to have the ads in there. Make yeah, money. yeah. So, you know, in that part, I understand why there was that, addic you know, addiction to TV back in the day uh, because you don't want to miss your show, you know. And one of the, that's one of the cool things now today with all the on-demand and even if you don't have the on-demand, the ability to purchase an entire season and watch it in order. Um, so that is a well thought out thought for this movie. I think I'd like to hear your thoughts on that because they see this and they figure, okay, this would be a nice way for the aliens to take advantage of the subliminal and taking control of the of humanity. Um, because of that, you know, you can't. And then make it addic addictive. 
Um, Look cause... at the Power Bowl. People don't watch the Power Bowl for the game. They watch it for the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be one of those to watch it for the commercials because I don't follow yeah, sports. But um, <laughs> if you talk to my daughters, uh, that would be a completely different story. <laughs> So what what do you guys think about that? I found that fascinating when I was watching, um, even back in the eighties when I watched this. Well, media addiction has um, been known for a long time, and of course, um, it's it's way more fun to believe that it's a global conspiracy that aliens are controlling our behavior than it is to accept that we have addictive personalities and that media is designed to capture us and keep us watching it. Um, and the, com the commercials are there to get us to spend money uh, to, you know, that it pays for the shows for free to air TV. Not that there's a lot of that anymore, but um, it, it also, you know, the people who are putting, placing the ads want you to come and buy their stuff. So it's all, like a big conspiracy to, you know, keep you consuming and, and, you know, be part of the rat race. You've got to earn money to have the money to spend on the things that are being advertised at the media that you're always watching and you're hooked into it. And it's like my father used to call the television, the digital teat because, you know, you plonk your kid in front of the TV and they'll just sit there forever uh, unless you drag them away for whatever reason. So, mm -hmm. um, and it's no different now, except it's moved to phones and iPads and things. Uh, the, the, the TV isn't as much of a focus as it used to be because there's now other screens that you've got on you all the time. And, um, you know, the, the banning of phones in classrooms so that the kids will actually learn something instead of having the phone under the desk, uh, typing away or, you know, watching a YouTube video or what have you, or... Um, you know, just trying to get kids to do anything but stare at a screen. I mean, my my son wants iPad time all evening, um, and he's he's limited to three hours. But he he'll bring it to the table and want to watch it while we're eating. And it's like, no, turn that thing off. Uh, turn turn off YouTube. No, you're not watching YouTube while you're eating dinner. No, we're going to sit and talk. Uh, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's hard. I have a mouthful. It's hard work to. to um, to, to stop that addiction it's it's just one of those things it's you know that that instant and um dopamine hit which all the kids want uh, so yeah i mean people who are writing games and designing media and making ads use that to their advantage to make money and and it's it is an epidemic across the world um and it's much easier to believe that, that the aliens are doing that than it's just our own silly brain chemistry that's that's demanding we do this. Yeah. So, you know, blame I mean, it on somebody else. I gotta say, I gotta say, even though I am an '80s kid, I was lucky to grow up on a dying generation because when I was a kid, we had TVs, but like I would watch TV maybe like in the morning before going to school. But I, I grew up playing with my neighbors on the street, running bicycles, playing tag, running on rollerblades, you know, all the, all sort of things. Uh, it was not TV only. Like I would strictly go to TV if I want to watch Dragon Ball when I was a kid and Dragon Ball was airing. But that's it. Like we didn't have in Dominican Republic, that was a luxury, but you have like a pre-recording VHS. I had a VHS with maybe five VHSs that I would watch. 
never in the story, Batman movies, <laughs> and that's it. It was what's on the cable, Cartoon Network. Didn't even have Nickelodeon, that was premium. <laughs> um, so like, I don't know what it was that, like, having, like, pre-recording VHS and things like that. Uh, you know, John Carpenter, um, I think it was caught saying that this movie is not science fiction, but a um, documentary. <laughs> a mockumentary. Because <laughs> um, he wanted to send a message um, with this movie um, about propaganda and its power. What did I say? Propaganda. Mm -hmm. That's how the media gets to the public. And it, it feels, it, that's why I say the movie is completely revolution. When you see the movie, it's all about revolution. It's before Mendera and another filter. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, Less sophisticated than the before Mendera guy. And, and you know, I, I think I see that after hearing the comment because, you know, when he's asked, And, you know, it's all about this loner and how to save the world, but uh, technically it's a story. It kind of like, you know, we see that happen in, in, in sci-fi altogether where we are given a possible future mm -hmm. in, in hopes that we as society can hear the warning And, and, and do something about it. Kind of like what happened. If you guys have not listened to our episode on Gataka, go, go back and download it. Um, that movie it was the source and the reason why we have laws now for uh, DNA resequencing. Uh, and NASA was even coined saying that this is the most accurate sci-fi movie ever created because it displayed a possible future that humanity heard. They analyze and they all come up together with a solution. Um, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because John Car Carpenter has said that no one heard the message for this movie. Mm -hmm. And it's obvious in today's time, all you have to do is read the news, turn on the, the newscaster, um, just look around and you'll see Um, I don't want to get too deep into that aspect because that's one of the topics that we don't talk on the show. But it, it is apparent that we did not hear and how now, you know, you, you could see the dangers because fake news or, or, or news that is not or, or articles or commentaries that It's are not peered. About what you get your information. And people believe it, just like in this movie. They tell you obey, and you obey. You don't question, like, don't question authority. You don't question authority. You are told that frog legs are good for a cold, and you're going to eat frog legs. You're not going to go onto the scientific journals or, or look at the article and see who said it. What, is, what are their credentials? Um, you're going to get amoeba. Is there any basis to that? You know, no one questions that. Uh, I said, well, science is too, um, it's too boring, it's too long, um, lazy. You tell me it's true. You tell me you're, you're a valid source. You tell me it is true, and I'm going to believe it. Don't care if they're not a valid source. Um, and that's my take 
on why this particular message in this movie was not hurt, you know, by humanity like many others have had success in. Um, based on that, what do you guys thought on that? Well, it was a niche film, so I mean, it, it's it, it's stated in the the wiki article. It's a satirical science fiction action film. So, I mean, I mean there's been a few others like that. Um, Robocop, original Robocop, was satirical science fiction action. Um, uh, Starship Troopers. Oh yes, by the same Love director was a satirical sci-fi action film, uh, and. Sometimes I think they're a little bit too smart for their own good. Yep. Um, the message is lost in in the subtlety of the direction and the storytelling. Um, and uh, the unfortunate thing is that a lot of the times these days, you've got to hit somebody over the head with a bat before they notice you're there. And <laughs> yep. and I would I would have to say that the first strike was that it's a niche film. The second strike was that um, it, it was it, it started out very bland. Like I said, you know, it's one of those movies that you'd see like a, a bad cop drama kind of feel uh, late at night that's just filling up space. And that I, I understand that that was deliberate and it works in the context of the whole movie. But if somebody was watching this movie, they watch 10 minutes of it and go, what is this boring shit? And they change the channel because they wouldn't wait long enough for the what it actually is to become apparent. Yeah. And while I appreciate it, because I understand it in its complete context, taking the start of the movie out of context, a lot of people would switch it off. Because they, they'd say, oh, this is some boring piece of shit, and I'm just turning it off. They wouldn't even realise it was sci-fi in the first <laughs> 15 minutes of the movie, because it's just so generic and so 80s sort of downtrodden um, hopelessness uh, kind of vibe that it's ringing out before he gets the glasses. So it, it, that's the sort of the second strike. And the third strike is that it, there's so much, so many subtle messages in it that you really have to spend time on it like we did, you know, watching for them that you wouldn't necessarily get them. So, you know, the... the, the and thoughtfully, and, and thoughtfully observe the movie, no watch it only. You know, yeah, once exactly. people watch it, and I say they don't observe everything that comes with it, the sublime things. Yep, yep, yep. So, mm -hmm. that I mean, taken as a whole and really analyzed, like if, if you were told to watch this for uh, a, a media appreciation class at school or something like that, and they went through all the little details and drew them out and drew your attention to them, yes, it succeeds. But 99.9% .9 of people aren't going to go through something like that. They're going to watch it and go, oh, yeah, a bit of a big rage. Most people don't want to... Sci-fi horror flick. Yeah. I uh, didn't really get much out of it. So that's unfortunate. But, yeah, I mean, it's good for what it is, but it's too subtle, I think. And, and I'll tell you something, and I want, to, I want you guys to tell me, like, what's your experience with this? But when you kind of go through that kind of awakening where you should, you can see through the things, you actually become lonely. <laughs> you try to connect with people and then you notice nobody wants to think nobody wants to put thought into things they just want to be on the train well i know two other guys that think really hard about this since i joined their podcast because they're really cool <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing when you find the ones you find the ones 
Mm-hmm. And this is why we have this is sci-fi hashtag. <laughs> That's right. This is my tribe. Uh, I'm where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> ooh, 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 uh, uh. Oh wow. Yeah, this this um I was just very curious about that because um I think another reason that I might add to your list, Ray, is the fact that this movie is fun. So it is very easy to watch it for that um, and completely miss the message. Completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that might be one of the reasons too as to why. Well, I don't know. It's, there might be other, other parts to that because some messages are hard to deliver because for most people, those messages are hard to hear. And I mean, this is a movie, so they have to make it entertaining too. Yeah. yeah. So messages are not meant to be entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it more difficult too. I mean, even the title of the movie doesn't really tell you what it's about. They live. It kind of sounds like it's a zombie movie, but it's not. Yeah. Like, <laughs> who the fuck are they? <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't know why they picked that title. Well, would have been there could could have been numerous better titles that would have conveyed what the movie was about. You could have said like shady glasses. Yeah. Put the glasses for Melda Heist. Well, my wife already <laughs> wants those glasses, so I'm I have the I have the page. I'm buying it for her. <laughs> um, if Gene if got to name the movie, he would have called it Formaldehyde Face. <laughs> <laughs> The movie. For real, the high face. <laughs> that would have caught more attention. <laughs> Probably, yeah. For sure. Oh man, I could I could already I can already see that, you know, the that poster. That with that name. <laughs> Wanna put a picture of me waking up. <laughs> oh dear. Oh man. So hey, uh, just just as a random factoid, um, the nearly six-minute alley brawl scene between the protagonists has made an appearance in the all-time list for best fight scenes. So the fact that it was supposed to be twenty seconds long and it ended up being six minutes <laughs> um, actually played into you know that's, getting sounds a, like an E for effort, <laughs> a pin for fight scenes. Yeah. Well, you you, oh you like to think that the director and producer had. You know, because remember, they had the final say. They could have edited out. They could have mm-hmm. said, no, cut, let's redo it. Um, they obviously saw value and let, left the scene as is. Um, so I like to think that, you know, that granted, yeah, it was decided by them to just do it, uh, you know, ad libit, if you can say that. Um but um, I, I, after they did it, he saw it, he liked it, and print. And I think it was a success. It was one of the most fun fights that I've seen in any movie. Well, a lot of directors will um, film a scene uh, a couple of different ways, you know, tweak it here and there. And then as a very final filming, they'll say, okay, you can ad lib here as much as you want to the actors. And if the actors are real sort of into the ad-libbing, you know, either for comedy or shock value or whatever, 
um, then sometimes that final version would be better than the scripted one and that yeah. end up in the movie. So there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, of articles about like oh this scene for this movie it was not on, on script or things like that and people are like wow and it tells you how how great a, a, a person can be with their input on something greater. Well it's not just how well they can ad lib it's how much they get into the character. Mm -hmm. yeah. If, if what they ad lib sounds more like the character and drives the story forward better than what was scripted, it's pretty obvious what you're going to do. Yeah. And, and that's just the, the brilliance of some actors, that they can do that. They can get into the character and drive it forward. Fantastic. Yeah. Squeezy. Huh? Squeezy. Yeah. Yeah. Have we have we uh, rung this one out? Is there any last comments? I think I think so. I think that they they we we make sure to know that they leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently they do. Uh, well, I guess we could do our final our final thoughts on the movie. Um, I I think this one speaks to two type of audiences. In in my thoughts, it's um it's a fun movie to watch um and it has that deep message if you can if you have the time to to you can power through the first 20 minutes yeah <laughs> the the message is it's strong is deep um if you if you actually look for it because it's it, the fact that this movie is so much fun is very easy to just watch it for that instead of watching for the message. Uh, but just know this message, this movie has a message. Uh, and unfortunately, this is a message uh, that has not been heard by, by humanity. So it's not a messageless movie. Yeah. So my call out to you guys is, you know, if you um, seen this movie or if you saw it after you, you heard our show, reach out to us and let us know um, what is your thought on that? I mean, uh, did you enjoy the fact that it was a fun, just plain out fun movie? Or do you also enjoyed that um, it's, it has a deep message? So, moving on. I, re I really appreciate the messages in this movie. Uh, as I said earlier, I, my, my final comment is um, the title is They Live and yet all the main cast die. So there <laughs> you go. <laughs> and don't ask me why I like it. Great touch of irony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gio, final thoughts? And I mean, I kind of said it when, when throughout the whole conversation, but basically uh, this movie brings a, a deep social message, unfortunately disguised with the wrong face. Um and I mean, it's it's fun to watch. That's what I say. It's confusing. It's about conspiracy or it's satirical, really. And I mean, I think that that's gotta be the comment. The question and the answer of the whole show is that of what Ray gave me. Yes, yes. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. It's a must watch for sure. Okay, so we'll move on to the next segment. Donald Science and Sci-Fi. 
Well, um, we've had a few movies of late, which uh, I've been really stretching to find some science behind the science fiction, but this one actually has some good ones. So I'm really pleased. It wasn't, it wasn't all that hard this week. Um, so anyway, uh, ob <laughs> obviously, um, uh, with the whole point of the glasses, which, you know, gave them information that nobody else had, uh, obviously um, sort of equates to smart glasses, which are becoming a thing uh, in the last four or five years, uh, obviously starting out with uh, Google Glass, which uh, had its issues. But um, now there's a lot of these sorts of things coming out. Um, I'm looking at a LifeWire um, article here, the eight best smart glasses in 2022. Uh, and they're talking about uh, Ray-Ban stories, uh, which, um, you, which was developed by Facebook, I little, almost bought uh, one. Groups, really? Mm -hmm. Cool. Almost. Uh, so you you you'd understand how they work, but um, uh, they, uh, I think they're a bit bit sort of in the in the Google Glass camp of um, uh, of giving you computer access. Can you see people's uh, underwear with it? Can you? <laughs> no, you see aliens. With it? You see aliens with them. You see. Oh, aliens man, I want one of those to see people's underwear. <laughs> so when I'm walking, everybody's naked. <laughs> Only you and all the other guys in the world. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> you know, that, you know everybody wants that. You know. uh, LifeWire says for best um, artificial reality features, uh, Visex Blade upgraded smart glasses, oh, yeah. um, eight megapixel camera, available prescription lenses, a uh, bit of a clunky aesthetic though. Uh, then we have uh, Tech Ken sunglasses, um, Bluetooth capable built in earbuds, microphone for calls, uh, inexpensive build. Um, best for music is Bose frames, um, some good AR features available, uh, poor noise reduction, stylish design. Ready, ready, ready. Um, best for audio, flows bandwidth. Uh, stylish design, good sound quality, bone conduction speakers, uh, but no other smart features. Best for video, Snap Spectacles 3, uh, 3D photography. 3D photos okay. are fun, but not easy to view. High fertility audio recording, but they're expensive. Uh, best for focus, Smith Lowdown Focus. Um, intuitive app design, but they're expensive. And reported charging issues. Uh, best digital assistant integration, Amazon Echo Frames. Basically, you have an Alexa in your glasses. Um, my son sits in my car going, Alexa, do this, Alexa, do it. My car's 18 years old. There's no Alexa in it. I don't <laughs> know where he does that. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I get, get him a pair of these and that I would say that would shut him up, but that would be talking to Alexa while he's walking around all the that time. That would drive you crazy. It would. Um, I don't think we'll do that. But you can change um, Alexa's name to Alita, and then you're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome yeah. if they allow you to do that. <laughs> you can. You can name but, Alexa whatever you want. Well, there's pre-selected names. You can't really... Yeah, there are... You can say computer, as in computer. <laughs> you know, from Star Trek, that computer. Yeah. <laughs> You'll listen to that. Um, so anyway, um, as you can probably tell, there's lots of different uh, designs and functionality lists for these glasses uh, that, that, that they will do different things. I don't know that there are any yet that will show you which one of us are aliens or not, but um, I'm sure it's coming. That'll be in a, in a future upgrade pack or something like that. We'll check who are the visitors. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, the other tech um, spotto in this movie, oh, as an interlude, uh, near the end of the movie, there were the, the guys in the urban camo with the uh, M16s running around, and they were using a device to track the humans, oh, yeah. which was actually the PKE meter from Ghostbusters. It was the same prop. So there you go, I spotted that one. That was interesting. It looked familiar. But, um, it sure did. I went, hang on. <laughs> uh, but, um, the other spot was the watch that the aliens were using for communication and for teleportation. Uh, and um, that was very similar or, or may have led to the development of smartwatches or have been a hint to it. I mean, you know, they had smart watches back in um, Dick Tracy back in 1932, but uh, uh, this this is a recent uh, outing of uh, of a somewhat smart watch technology uh, in a movie. And of course, smart watches are pretty big budget at the moment uh, with uh, smart watches like um, Apple Watch Series 8, uh, Samsung Galaxy Watch 5, Fitbit Sense 2, Apple Watch SE, uh, Garmin Venue 2 Plus, and of course, just like um, uh, all the uh, the glasses tech that I mentioned before, all these watches have different um, uh, lists of um, capabilities and apps that will run with them and things that they will do, like measure your heart rate, your blood pressure, all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, and you know, measure your number of steps and and actually tell you the time because they're on watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take calls and emails and all that fun yeah, you, media. You that... When I have my Apple Watch, you see me doing this standing up. I can put some steps on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember back in the day when you go for a walk without counting your steps? Yeah. 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 So many runs yeah, anyway, old people. <laughs> Hashtag old people stuff. So anyway, um, there's the tech from the movie that uh, we're seeing kicking around today. Not quite teleportation as yet, but they're working on it. It will be yeah. probably Apple Watch 13 will be able to teleport you. <laughs> we'll see if that comes into the um, the features list in a future version. So there you go. Awesome. That's the science behind science fiction this week. Awesome. And um, guys... Uh, let us know if you enjoyed this movie. Um, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I watched it multiple times. Um, this movie is if if you wanna if you want a fun movie to watch, here you go. If you want something for um, a deep sci-fi message, this is your movie. Um, but do reach out to us. Um, you can call us at the number. Um, our hotline and let us know what you think about this episode what you think about the movie you can tweet at us you can join our discord um, and let's keep the conversation going uh, post on yeah. this is sci-fi and let's continue the conversation on this movie we are very curious to know if you've seen this movie or um, a, a while ago or recently uh, if you like it if you did dislike it and what why uh along with which are your best, um, you know, your, your favorite parts of this movie. And, of course, we always love to hear what is your thought on, you know, if you agree with our opinions or if you have any extra opinions. Um, remember, if you call the number, you 
call our hotline, you could be uh, heard on our on our next episodes. Uh, with that, thank you so much for being with us in this episode, and I hope to see you in future ones. Bye. Ciao. Flash. Bye. Well, this is all for now. Reach out to us and let us know what do you think about this episode. Share your comments and let us discuss this episode and any ideas on topics you would like us to discuss on future episodes. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sci-Fi Remnant. Would you like to join our Discord server? The link is posted in the description. Remember, if you like this show, do share, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Doing this will help others find and enjoy this show. Thank you. See you next time. This is Science Fiction Remnant, signing off.